doing simple exercises as we get older, the benefits are far beyond doing those excessive things that women are doing. CrossFit and things like that might not be the most beneficial for women as they are in their peri and menopausal years. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. If you have lived half a century, certainly you have valuable skills, knowledge, and something you can share. Creating online courses on an appealing platform is another way to reach your audience, deliver your knowledge, and create an income source. I've been a Kajabi user for over five years, and I'm continually impressed with the amazing capabilities, options, excellent support, and the dedication to continue to innovate and provide the very best to their users. It's everything you need from soup to nuts to house your pearls of wisdom and share with others. To get your first month free, go to www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. That's www.nextcareerlife.com backslash income. And get your first 30 days for free. Today's guest, Lorraine Miano, author, certified health and hormone coach, has discovered her passion of offering menopause advocacy, support, and resources to women in all phases of menopause through health coaching, proper nutrition, and preventative lifestyle choices. She has received her certificates as a health coach and hormone health expert from the Institute for Integrative Health, and she continues to help women with her book, The Magic of Menopause, A Holistic Guide to Get Your Happy Back, and writing and speaking about this and doing workshops about the issue of menopause and all of the things that we're dealing with and all the questions that we're afraid to ask. So I'm so glad you're here, Lorraine. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This will be an exciting conversation, I am sure. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, um, next is about midlife, you know, 40s to 60s and beyond. And I think that this is the best time in life because before that, it's great too, but we're busy with a lot of different roles. And I feel like this is the best time in life and we should be living our best life and you know, one of those things is being really aware of our bodies and our health. And, and a lot of times people are afraid, women are afraid to talk about menopause. And I, I don't know what the shame is around that. Maybe it's because of our culture and the whole youth culture. But my goodness, if we're going to really like step into middle year, the middle life, we kind of need to have that energy all about us and our health. Don't you agree? Yes, there are so many misconceptions and myths that surround menopause. And I think women are just so afraid to talk about it because there are so many jokes made about it. Um, people are made to feel that they're getting old and this is the end of their life. Where I look at menopause as a new beginning, it's not an ending, it is a new beginning. There's so much of life to look forward to. And postmenopausal women will have practically a third to 50% of their life ahead of them. So there's so much left to enjoy, find passion for, and stay positive about this time of life. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, living our best life, our energy when we're, when we are, um, you know, in the the years where we're having children and all of that, that's what that's for. And when that ends, it doesn't mean our life ends. And I think in the past, the old, you know, like our mothers and grandmothers didn't speak about it too much because life, the expectancy, the longevity wasn't there. So it was looking like the end. Whereas us, we're just in the middle. We're ready to, to continue on and, and put our energies forth and not be will, really um, looking at 
having a period anymore. Like that's just a hassle anyway. So yeah, you can wear white pants. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is, is there are issues with that. And there's different, different conversations about what to do. So I want to go down all of that with you and talk about that. Um, Sure. I, first of all, um, there's, there's problems that women have when they're going through menopause. And of course, I'm going to, you're the expert. So I'm going to let you go through the telltale signs and the different things that we deal with. And maybe some of the things that you offer to women to consider, because I know we can't go through your whole book today, but certainly um, you could give us a little bit of information. Yeah. Yeah. So um, first of all, women sometimes don't even realize that perimenopause. So there are, let's just start with, there are three stages of menopause. Uh, perimenopause, which can last anywhere from two to 15 years. And this is when hormones are fluctuating, um, reproductive cycle is ending. And menopause is actually just one day. Menopause is the 12 month anniversary of when your menses cease. So the day after that, you will be considered postmenopausal and women will be postmenopausal for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So going into perimenopause, which can start, the average age is in your mid-40s, but women can start as early as their 30s. And if it's due to surgical reasons or chemical, like chemo reasons, it could start even sooner than that. Uh But some of the first telltale signs, and women don't even realize this, anxiety is probably one of the top things. Insomnia, things that they wouldn't even think about. So it's not just those hot flashes and the weight gain and the mood swings. There's so many other things that start happening that women don't even realize. And so those things are probably going on gradually and they're just uh, saying, well, that's probably just my life. I'm just so busy and I'm not realizing it. It's, it I'm stressed and they're not thinking that it, it might be. So yeah. how are, I mean, cause you're a holistic approach. Yes. When women start talking about this and they're saying, I'm having these symptoms, I'm having these things going on, I'm not sleeping as well as I would, or I am anxious or um, gosh, these hot flashes are really embarrassing when I'm out or what do you have women do? Is it, is it supplements, eating? Like, what is it that you, you recommend that they handle first? Well, women have gotten to this point in their lives. And if they are experiencing these things, it's because of hormone imbalances. And those hormone imbalances have happened over several years. So it's not that there's one magic pill or one magic thing that will create that hormone balance again. It yeah. could be from eating processed foods for many years, not exercising, high stress levels, all of those things. And we can talk about it later, but I want to say how women should really address that with their daughters now so to ensure that they will have a really good menopause. So it's taken many years to get to that point. So as from a holistic approach, I like to tell women that they should start with simple, simple baby steps. Diet is one of the main things. Food is medicine, and simply by cutting out all the crap in our lives, all of those processed foods, um, alcohol as much as possible, and I know that's hard for women, especially their wine at night, but wine does lead to insomnia, it leads to um, anxiety, hot flashes, so women are really amazed when they cut back on the alcohol, how much better they feel. So eliminating all the things that could trigger inflammation in the body, could trigger all of those things that are happening is a good place to start. But I like to tell women the best way to do that is to crowd them out. So if you just start increasing eating the good things, such as more greens, veggies, fruits, whole foods, 
And little by little, you'll not crave those other things anymore. So rather than just deplete yourself of all, all of those things right off the bat, because it's not an all or nothing um, course of action, you basically really need to take baby steps for it to stick and to work. Right. And you know what? Across the board, man, woman, what we all should be eating healthy. Yes. Sugar is so bad. And alcohol, of course, we'd like to have a glass of wine or we want to have a cocktail with our, our friends or, or our mate. But the thing is, is, is that, you know, you have to consider, well, what's the trade-off here? If I have this cocktail, how am I going to feel tomorrow? Or I'm not going to sleep that well. So, I mean, right. I do that. I go, I'd love to have that glass of wine with dinner. And I know that tomorrow I don't have a podcast recording and have to be on my, on my game. So, yes, I will have a glass of wine. Otherwise, I say no, because I really do need my sleep. And I really do need my brain. My brain I mean, is not... Really- it's not nearly as good. Yeah. Had- it's really true that um, what we eat, what we are drinking, how much it affects us, and nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Yeah. So, um, I, and I know it's a hard one. I know I, I get it. But I want women to know sugar is like one of the worst things for women. Oh, don't make me give up, you know. But I can tell you, I mean, I do not crave sugar anymore at all. But when you start decreasing it and pumping up all those other good things, yes. you do not desire it anymore. I can't even put, you, you couldn't even put an eighth of a teaspoon of sugar in my tea or my coffee. I would, it would taste so sweet to me. Yeah. So I want women to know that, yes, you can get past those sugar cravings and you, can, you just have to kind of stick to it. And there's so many good things to enjoy without having all that sugar. I agree. And I have really cut out a lot of sugar in my life because I just noticed the difference in myself. And even when I'm going and ordering like my matcha latte, I always say, Do you, is there a sweetener in that? Because I can't, if it, some have powders that they use and I can't even handle that. I, it has to be completely free of sugar and sweeteners. Yeah. It, it just tastes like you said, so like, like a, like a piece of candy. It's too, it's it too much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure it is. And, and so we, 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 do better. And I think also too, emotionally, I might be having a tough day and then I'll go, Oh, you know what? Yesterday I had a glass of wine or, you know what I mean? It affects us emotionally. Not only does it affect us, our bodies, but like how we take on the day. And I'm, I'm all about really getting every bit of good out of my day that I can. Mm -hmm. So I really don't want to be slowed down by things I choose to eat or drink. Actually a good way to, Keep on top of that. You just gave me a reminder. Food journaling. Um, This can be really good for women because they can actually see, oh, what did I do yesterday that really triggered those hot flashes or that anxiety attack? And what am I eating that maybe I'm retaining water? Or Because unless we're writing it down, we don't remember. We honestly do not remember what we had from day to day. And you can really pinpoint what it is that possibly is causing all those, um, especially hot flashes. That's a big one for women. So, okay, let's go to hot flashes because women do get them. And, and, you know, my husband said, well, you didn't really, you weren't like fanning yourself, like some of the ladies in the room, you know, when he was working and hey, I didn't really have them so badly. But the thing is, is, is um, they are really prevalent and in a lot of women. And I think it is because of the, the foods and what they're eating, but mm-hmm. what do they do? Did someone's like, oh, if you rub this oil on the back of your neck, or if you do this, is there one thing that you can do or is there different things that you can do? Well, I think food journaling is a big one. Yeah. I've had people realize what their triggers were by doing the food journaling. And one big one is caffeine. 
And women, these women didn't even realize, oh, well, I'm drinking iced tea every day. And then when I didn't, I wasn't having the hot flashes, you know? So, I mean, there can be food triggers. Of course, there can be stress triggers too. So even while you're food journaling, if you write down the different things that might happen to you during the day that may um, raise those cortisol levels, because that can trigger those hot flashes too. So when your stress levels are elevated, the hot flashes will be also. If you're having night sweats, you might want to take a look at what you're drinking or eating several hours before you go to bed. People don't realize having that caffeine in the evening can trigger those hot flashes later on in the evening or even something that you may be eating other than drinking. So keeping those food journals is a great way to keep track of what is happening and when those hot flashes are happening and then going back and seeing, okay, so what did I do? And it's not just food. It can be different things like stresses in your life. So if you're having a very stressful day, you'll notice an increase in the hot flashes. So if you can do things to negate that, if you can do like meditations and um, relaxation techniques and things like that, to lower those stress levels, then your hot flashes may decrease as well. And meditation is something that is fantastic anyway. I think it's a great thing for everyone to do so that we can you know, really stay calm and stay in our center. No, you know, like know where we're at, what we're doing. It's a really good thing to stay in ourselves, but also um, exercise because even if you get out and walk, it's just doing something healthy like that. I think that helps to balance it out a bit. And exercises, especially walking, simple exercises are really good. Just don't do them too late into the evening because then you can raise those cortisol levels. Mm-hmm. But what I want women to know is there are certain exercises, especially as you enter the perimenopause and menopause years, that could actually increase cortisol levels. So high intensity workouts, yes. um, different things like that. Um, I can't think of what it's called now, the one that everybody does, but simple things like walking, um, not necessarily running or jogging, but like Pilates, yoga, Tai Chi, um, different things like that that are low intensity, but you're still getting a good workout because you don't want to keep those um, cortisol levels high because that's having a negative effect on your bodies too. So doing simple exercises as we get older, the benefits are far beyond doing those excessive things that women are doing. CrossFit and things like that might not be the most beneficial for women as they are in their peri and menopausal years. Well, how about also, too, because they, they say a lot about we can go into how women start losing bone mass in menopause. Um, they say a lot about uh, free weights, not mm-hmm. like seriously big, but no. weight training because it builds muscle and that makes mm-hmm. your bones stay strong. What yes. do you think about that? Yes, definitely weight training without it being too excessive. So we don't have to be lifting crazy weights to be beneficial for our bodies, but definitely using resistance. Um, And a lot of things like even with Pilates, you're using resistance if you're using the machines, things like that. So, and if you're walking, you can use hand and ankle weights, different things that you can um, pump, pump up the muscle mass and everything else in your body. So it's beneficial to, of course, do all of those things without it being excessive because then that puts stress on your body. So, so I'm, I'm saying, and you're holistic as well. That's so important. And also Pilates is I love Pilates. I've been, I don't do it right now, but I've been doing it off and on forever. And it really strengthens your core, which in, in will make you stronger and and have less injuries in life as you age. Mm -hmm. So so important. Don't you agree that doing that, the, that type Yoga, of, Pilates. Yes, I think it's so important to really get that 
your core strong because I have friends that are, you know, starting to use, um, uh, you know, coaches that, that are helping them to work out. And they're saying that, oh, my back has been hurting so much. And I, and I realized that I don't, they haven't strengthened their core. And you right. really, it's like, I think about it as we're living longer lives. And all of this, what you're saying, just makes so much sense for us to prepare our bodies to live that long life. I told my daughter recently, exactly. it's like, you know, um, we get to a place in our life uh, in, mid, in the middle years where we've done a lot of building and we've raised families and we've done all these things. And so we may be, I don't call it losing our youth. We may be turning the corner on youth, but we're in this really great place where we can kind of choose for ourselves a little bit different kind of life, but we really have to do the maintenance. It's don't you agree? Like we really oh, yes. mind, body, soul. Like you have to really do the to yes. go the distance. Yes, right? we want to have a light, a long health span, not just yeah. a long life span. Right. So you want to, you don't want to live a, a long life and be bedridden or in a wheelchair. So we want to really take care of our bodies and do all the things necessary that we need to do now, so that we can have that long health span. And I'm, I work with a natural um, person that she she's like a naturopath that works with me. And she was saying, you know, you can tell now what you might have later, like heart disease or dementia, and you can stave off some of those things by the way you eat and what you're doing and how you, and, and it, it's something to consider because we, like I said, we're all living longer. So let's look at menopause as being like a, a wake up call to really taking care of yourself. That might be just maybe when you're having all these symptoms, then perhaps you need to adjust. And you're not just adjusting like, oh, for me, I'm going through menopause. You're, you're going, oh, wow, I'm, I'm letting go of this old self, sort of like the phoenix out of the ashes kind of thing. And you're having hot flashes, yeah. right? So you are the phoenix. But the thing is, is you're, and I'm, I'm renewing myself. And I'm creating a new plan for myself. Not just a menopause plan, but it's a holistic new plan, like the meditation, the exercising, the eating. All of those things, I think, um, what you're like, what exactly. you're saying. So there's two different camps, and and it, you know them. There's the camp of like the bio bioidenticals and the the creams and the hormones and and my mother, my grandmother, and my aunt, her sister, my mom's sister, all had hysterectomies. They were taking those uh, hormones. They didn't eat. You know, they didn't eat horribly, but, you know, they didn't eat like we do now. Like, I just had myself a smoothie, and, you know, they didn't do that. My mom didn't start juicing until she was older, a lot older. So they all had to have hysterectomies, and I I think it was because of the hormones that were way too much, um, synthetic hormones, I think, at the time. So that's a concern for a lot of women to take, oh, you could have breast cancer, you could have, you know... Um, cysts in your uterus like that kind of thing and did you go through did you have to go through something like that or I think I read something about that yes well I did have a hysterectomy um I kept my ovaries so it was partial hysterectomy and it was due to I had three very large babies and what I didn't realize was that I really should have gone for physical therapy following each of those pregnancies and I highly suggest women if you even no matter what the weight of the babies Physical therapy for your lower pelvic, pelvic floor or whatever is so important. If I, I wish I would have known that then because literally, not to, just to get a little graphic, my uterus was basically starting to fall out of my body. And so I, so I had to have a hysterectomy for that reason because it was blocking. I had a rectocele, so I couldn't have bowel movements comfortably. 
Um, I was just in pain, all kinds of different things. So I did keep my ovaries because at the time it was in my 40s. I was still having periods. I wasn't even in the menopausal phase yet, really. And um, so that was the the most beneficial thing for me was to keep the ovaries for my, you know, hormones. And, um, but I highly suggest women get second opinions about things because of what I've been through with my particular hysterectomy. I highly suggest young women, please get physical therapy following, especially vaginal births, because you really need to build that pelvic floor up again. Um, I'm so sorry that I didn't know about it and that I had to go through that experience. You know what? Here, here's a really good point you just made. And I'm so glad you didn't have cancer. So that's really a wonderful yeah. thing. And then my mother, my aunt and my grandmother, they didn't have to go through any kind of cancer treatment. But here's the thing. You weren't given that information because when you were having babies, it was mostly men, right? Giving, helping exactly. you to give birth. And they weren't really interested in your pelvic floor or anything that was going on. And, you know, God bless them. They, they were doing their job. But the thing right. is, is that we're not talking enough about this. We're not talking enough about, um, you know, childbirth is, it's a major thing on your body. It's yes. huge. Yes. And what can we do to prepare to get through it and then to prepare for the long lives that we're living? This is so valuable. I didn't know this about you. And I'm just blown away that, that that's something that you had to go through and, um, and that you're able to tell other people about it because people need to be aware of that. Oh, yes. Really, yes. Truly. And um, so I'm also glad, like I said, that you didn't go through, um, you know, cancer or anything like yeah. that. Because I've seen a lot of women, they do the, the hormones and they mm-hmm. all get like a, a breast cancer or some kind of cancer. And I have a friend who did the, she's, um, you know, they do all the different uh, tests and stuff. And she said all the women that came in and they have these beautiful heads of hair and their skin looks great and they're, they're taking hormones and they all have something like the beginnings of cancer. So that's a scary thing. And so yeah. these doctors are saying, go ahead and take this, these um, hormones, but they're not really like thinking that through. Like, here's the test. 60 out of 100 women have found, been found to have cancer. They're not telling you that. So like you're saying, do your due diligence. Ask the question. Yeah. And, and, and not to say that if you, if you go on hormone replacement, that that is what will happen with you. No. But women need to be aware of the history of family history. If your mom or sister, aunt has had uh, uterine or breast cancer or whatever, please do your due diligence, as you said, because um, you're at a higher risk. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that you should look at all the benefits, risks, and then from a holistic standpoint, that's the way I chose to, to go. I've been very happy. I mean, I can't tell you just how important nutrition is. And there are supplements that could help women. There are um, phytoestrogens, which I don't necessarily say should be the first course of action, but adaptogen herbs, which are herbs that help us deal with stress levels, which because when our cortisol levels are raised, that causes our hormone imbalances. And if you can get that under control, you can get rid of many of those symptoms that you experience. And believe me, I've had, I've had the symptoms. I had severe anxiety. I write about it in my book where I honestly thought I was losing my mind. My, I had to have my husband take me to the emergency room. Um, and I, then I realized at the time I was going through my best girlfriend had just passed away and I, my stress levels were so elevated and I wasn't finding hormone balance. So when I did all the things, the first thing the doctor wanted to do was to put me on um, 
anti-anxiety medication. And I, I truly was considering it because that's how awful I felt. And then after discussing it with my husband, we decided, well, let's just try the holistic route first. That's kind of where I'm at in my life. I'm a health coach, I, you know, yeah. and I did my, I did my due diligence and I decided to take supplements like B, uh, a vitamin B complex, magnesium, fish oil, to do meditations, to do um, different things to help me just relax. And I, after just two months, I felt so much better. And not to say there's not once in a while that I get like a little bit of a panic or an anxiety attack, but nothing like that has ever happened to me again. And I am so on top of what I'm eating, how I'm exercising, the supplements that I'm taking, because they are so beneficial and I have never felt better. I'm 62, I'll be 63 in a couple of months, and I have never felt better. Oh, that's great. And you know what? I, I don't think anything's a mistake is you went through, unfortunately, what you went through, but it prepared you. you. You went down this other path and you've written a book and you've sure helped countless women. Um, and it's sort of this thing that you went through as well with um, having to have a hysterectomy. I mean, letting people know about this and being aware is so important. In fact, it's February. We're doing this podcast um, recording. Um, it's heart health you know, women right. and, and women, that's the one number one killer are women. And, and uh, that's another thing is that we, we need to really look at our bodies and how we're responding to things. And, um, you know, whether you decide to go the, the hormone route or the other way, I think, um, honestly, for me, I'd rather do the, the holistic as far as I can possibly take it because there's less yeah. risk. There's less risk. Yes. I'm not risking my heart. I'm not risking get, getting cancer. Um, and how about like you have a beautiful head of hair and gorgeous skin? Because that's what that's my friend what was think. saying when the, everyone came into the radiology and they came into the, she, they had such beautiful hair and skin and they were all on hormones. And so then you get that idea of like, oh my God, I'm going to be bald and, and be like, you know, look like a Sharpay. But, but you do not look like that at all. You are gorgeous. <laughs> so I just want to know, like, do you credit that to family? Or do you credit it to the way you're living and the changes you've made? And- There's probably a little bit of both. Uh-huh. Um, I have, well, I've never been a smoker. That I think contributes a lot. I mean, if, and, and women are smoking, please stop. Yeah. Um, and I have been really taking care of myself. Um, I've always had a, an interest in health. So even prior to becoming a health coach, I was kind of paying attention to things. And I actually thought we were eating really healthy, like, buying snack wells and <laughs> that stuff and whatever. And then once I became a health coach, I realized, okay, we got to just do like a little bit of more, more concentration on what we really yeah. need to be doing. But, um, but honestly, I think I credit it to paying attention to what I'm eating, eating organically, pesticides and herbicides, not good. <laughs> um, so as much as you can, and I know that organics are very expensive. So, they're, they have what they call the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. EWG.org is a great resource for women. You can check out. Um, yeah. They even have a Skin Deep app on there. So you can check out your products you're using for chemicals and toxins. And, and then they have the, tw- the um, Dirty Dozen, which are the things you should absolutely not eat. And they change once in a while, but usually things that absorb a lot of pesticides like berries and things like that. App- skins of apples and um, things that have like like bananas and melons are usually on the um, clean 15 because once you peel away the outside, it's as much doesn't get on the inside. So just paying attention to those kinds of things because that contributes to hormone imbalances. They are endocrine disruptors. So all those toxins and things in our life 
can really affect everything. So I really pay attention to all of that. I pay attention to what I put on my skin. I use clean um, products that don't have any parabens and mm-hmm. all the rest of the nasty things that can contribute to hormone imbalances and cancer. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to really pay attention to what we're putting. Not Our skin is our largest organ and it absorbs everything that we put on it. So everything that you put on from skincare um, to showering, I highly suggest if you can afford it to do a whole house water filter. Get all those chemicals out because not just what you're drinking, it's what's being absorbed into your skin that matters too. And if you can't, at least if you put on, you know, like one of those shower heads and then just something under your sink or those countertop um, water dispensers that get those chemicals out, at least do that. Um, We decided to invest in a whole house water filter because then I won't have to worry about it. And anybody else in my house will be safe too. All my grandchildren, (laughs) anybody that's visiting. That's, that's something that I definitely want to do because I, you know, living in California um, in the summertime, I can smell the chlorine in the water when I'm taking a shower. And so I, I do, I do notice that, but I am all about organics and I figure, look, um, I could go out to eat and I have no idea what they're putting in the food or how they're, or I can make my own food and that's going to cost less. So I, that's how I reason out the organic. Also, I find that it's friendlier, meaning that, you know, my daughter did some study um, with the bananas and, and the, and the people that get so very, very terribly ill from the people that work the banana, you know, um, orchards, I guess you recall, yeah. um, they use such harsh, harsh chemicals. So these people get sick early in life. And so I try not to promote that. And I, so I, it's, it's a whole sort of circular thing where if I'm buying organic, then, then I'm taking care of me, but I'm taking care of other people and our water system. The world. Yeah. So it's a whole, so for me, it's like worth the money. But I remember organic back way back when, when it was just a small little area and it looked like stuff that fell off the truck that they, it looked horrible and it was so expensive but yeah. it caught on because people realize that. But that's something yeah, to keep so in mind is that if you're going to restaurants, there's a lot. I know that like my kids and, you know, this that age group, they're busy and they're picking up food or having it delivered a lot. And I don't think they're thinking about where that food's coming from. So that's yeah. something to keep in mind for sure. And there's so many not good restaurants that have been opening. Well, hopefully they'll reopen yeah. soon in this world of COVID. But um that do cater to people who want organic and want gluten-free and want all of the healthier options. So I love finding those little places. Yeah. The the farm to table people. Yes. And it's always exciting because they'll serve what's in season, which again is another healthy thing for you to do is to eat food that's in season. So yes. And local and local. Yes. And we're in, and keeping all everyone, you know, the farmer's markets, keeping everyone going. And I just think it's a a great thing. So uh, again, uh, those are things that we can do to help ourselves. And how about getting the word out more? Being able to speak about menopause. I, I mean, I'm going to definitely, you know, be putting you up on when I'm my podcast. And the thing is, is um, I think we need to be able to talk about it freely and and completely because it's a, it's a, I like to say it's a shift. It's a shift in taking care of our longevity. It's a shift in, in preparing ourselves for this next journey in life. And yeah. why not make it the best we can make it? And if we're talking about it and we're all getting information, then that's a way for us to, to um, do better. Now, the other thing is, is not telling your doctor about the issues 
of like, you know, dryness or, or um, just how about like your metabolism slowing down, things like yeah. that. No, um, a lot of women just don't want to say like, you know, uh, sex is painful or all yeah. of these different, they don't want to talk about it because it, I don't know, I guess it's embarrassing, but at the same time, it, they don't, don't they want relief? Like, don't they want to, yeah. to enjoy their life and have relief? So what do you say about that? I mean, just what do you say to, to help women with that? I say vagina, vagina, <laughs> vagina. <laughs> the more comfortable we get with saying that word. Yeah. And you, I think, I believe you read that blog post that I wrote yes. where I blurted that out at a table yes. of six couples. And the conversations that ensued were so wonderful because yes, everybody got a little uncomfortable at first, but the conversation opened up and men and women were talking about menopause. They were talking about the changes in women's bodies and not just in women's bodies in men's bodies as well. So I think the more we can talk about it amongst ourselves, then maybe we will be more comfortable talking to our physicians about it because a lot of times the doctors are not asking us that question. I don't think I've ever been to my gynecologist where she asked me, do you have a dry vagina? You know, so if you're not actually bringing forth that information and they're not examining you necessarily, um, especially nowadays, I think everybody's wearing masks, nobody's doing anything. Yeah. But I, I think that, um, the more we can open up that conversation between our girlfriends, our husbands. Um, I, I wrote in that article, I said to my husband, did I embarrass you? Like when I said that, he said, not at all. He's used to me. So <laughs> he knows I'll just blurt it out. <laughs> but I think the more that we can open up that conversation and talk about it, it won't be so taboo. I mean, people need to talk about it, especially in the, as we age. I mean, this is what happens to our bodies. We need to be able to be forthcoming um, because you never know who may have the perfect um, product for you or suggestion for you. So talk to your girlfriends, talk to the men at the table. If nothing else, you get a good laugh out of it. Everybody gets a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit of relief. Oh, we can talk about this, you know. <laughs> it's, like, it's a little yeah. bit more relaxed. Like yeah. I said, you got to say things like, like vagina, like pass the salt. I used to say yeah. things to right. my kids that were probably – you know, like I would say stuff, but I would say it so like past the salt to them because I wanted them to feel like I was safe. They could say anything to me. So I would get used to just saying it. But if we're all scared and bothered, then it comes across as awkward and weird. So we just right. have to get used to it. Like, we, you know, there's there's a men and women. There's either penises or vaginas. So it's like, right. you know, it's like, OK, there's that's what's the big secret. <laughs> right. So well, it's very, I know it's so interesting because um on social media, you know, I'll have my Instagram posts and I get flagged if I write the word vagina. So I will have to like do roundabout ways to talk to women about their health because they're just not even letting us speak about it as if there's like this taboo about it. So hopefully that will change and we can actually open up this conversation. It is a body part, people. Yeah. <laughs> you're female, you're female parts. <laughs> Down there, right. <laughs> down there, yeah. right. <laughs> with little asterisks next right. to it, right? <laughs> I wanted to say, you know, it's like I read something, it was all fun and games until the, till my metabolism slowed down. And that's a big one because it's like overnight, you just immediately put on weight and you're like, wait, I haven't changed anything I've been doing. And all of a sudden I'm dealing with weight issues. What do you tell people? 
women about that because they, they do see it and it, it is disheartening because they're like, wait, I, I'm in such good shape. I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. But well, first of all, keep exercising. Yeah. Right. Um, because as soon as you stop exercising, of course, your metabolism will slow down. So keep exercising. And if you notice you're exercising and it's still happening, change up what you're doing. Don't keep doing the same thing. Change up how you're exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say that if you're not eating well, that's a, a something else to look at because you really need to pay attention to what you're putting in your body, um, how you're feeding those cells and stress is a big one. So if you notice that your metabolism is slowing down, your stress levels just may be off the chart. So you need to concentrate on doing things that are um, reducing cortisol levels, um, kicking back. You need to just do breathing exercises, do some kind of um, Tai Chi, like we talked about before, different things that you can do that will really relax your body and relax those cortisol levels, because that will change what's happening with your metabolism as well. And when we all get outside more too, because the, yes. like, you know, the COVID-19 where everyone was like the kitchen was really close by and we were all on lockdown last year and it was like so easy to go in and just do a little grazing, little grazing, <laughs> go in the pantry, right. Right. Go a little, little grazing. So I think that too is one yeah. is another thing, but, but the food journaling will help with that. The food journaling, I think is really smart and the exercising. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said, switch it up. Just like you switch up your skincare, your hair care. Yeah. Um, you've got to switch things up. Your body is smart. It's a yes. smart machine and it'll go, it okay, is. I'm going to get really efficient because that she keeps doing this. So I'm going to conserve, yeah. <laughs> right? I remember when I had my daughter and I was, I was nursing her and um, I'm back then I was typically just a really slim person, but my body held on to this five, three to five pounds, like nobody's business. It held on. And it was like, my body was doing that. I think because I was having to create nutrients for my daughter. And, and I just remember, you know, the minute I stopped, it, it, it came off. That was back mm-hmm. way back when, but that was something that um, I noticed that, that my body does do. It just holds on because it's in survival mode, you know, and I'm going to make right. sure that the, the right. nutrients and everything are there. So right. it's, it's really, the, I am always just awed by. Um, and don't, yeah, don't starve yourself, please. That no. is not the way to go. You need to eat a healthy diet. You need to sustain everything in your body. When you starve yourself, your body is going to hold on to everything. Everything. It, it wants to survive. So right. yeah. No, but I mean, I'm one of those people back then, back then I could eat and just be slim. Yeah. But now I'm careful, but I do things like, I, I've, have you heard of potassium broth? I make like a big, my husband goes, oh, what is that? But it's this big, in my look or say, I make this big um, boiling pot of greens and, and russet potato skins and ginger and carrots and all these things. And then I, uh, oh, and even like um, kombu vegetable, all those mm-hmm. things in there. And then I drain it off and I, and I, puree some of it too. So it's like a soup that I sip on all day and it gives me all of these really great minerals and, Mm -hmm. um, and nutrients that I, that I um, want. So it's like something that I'm having during the day as well as eating a meal, but it's just a great little thing to have. Makes you feel good. Yeah. yeah, And I I learned it. I I didn't make that up. I learned it when I went to a a spa years ago, they had the potassium because you're working out all day and they want you to replace all that. And when yeah. I, I realized, you know, during those night sweats and stuff, I needed more of that potassium, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I have never heard of the potassium broth, but it makes total sense that I will now get your recipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, what? it's it's one of those things that, that I guess women do, but, but I put it on my um, 
Instagram and, and a couple of people are like, please send me that because, you know, that would be really great. And I just, yeah. it's a great little thing to have during the winter just to have a cup of that when I'm at my computer. Yeah. Working. But there's just, again, if nothing else, let's just make sure we say this really loud and clear that we need to really speak up about menopause and all the issues yes. around it and how we can be in charge of it. And that it yeah. is a good thing because we're beginning a new life. We're beginning this new phase in life that we can decide how great we want yeah. it to be, right? Yes. And I, want, I do want women to know because since we we're talking about hormone replacement, because I'm a holistic health coach, I don't necessarily talk about that. But I, I don't want to dismiss it because there are some women, if that's the only way that they will find balance, yeah. um, I encourage them to at least look into it, examine what the pros and cons are. But for everyone, no matter, even if you are doing hormone replacement, holistically supporting your body is so important and it can't do anything but make it better, even if you are on hormone replacement. And you may soon find that you don't even need to use the hormone replacement because you're finding balance through good nutrition, stress reduction, and exercise, different things for your body. Oh, you know hormones or, or menopause or not men or women we all need to be more healthy and eat healthy and then i have friends that are that are on the you know on on some hormones and they're very happy with it and friends that aren't so it's just a personal decision that yes. makes yeah. and so um i i'm not i'm not sure one way or the other because i know that it's come a long way since my mother and grandmother yeah. and aunt were, and so i don't know which one's better, but I certainly want to go the holistic track and keep it simple for myself because that's what I'm already doing. So I agree with you, you know, and then it's working for me so far. (laughs) So far, you look great. So Lorraine, this has been a lot of fun and thank you for being so clear and honest about what you do and, and, and your knowledge. And I definitely recommend that you go to Amazon and get the magic of menopause, a holistic guide to get your happy back. I love that. Get your <laughs> Thanks. Um, and, and, and check out Lorraine. Um, you know, she writes every once in a while, follow her. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish everybody a very happy and magical menopause. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.